store shelves. The Acon Laboratory's FlowFlex COVID-19 home tests will be available at retail stores without a prescription. The FDA says its emergency use authorization will double the number of available non-prescription tests as demand intensifies. The company expects to manufacture 100 million tests a month by the end of the year and 200 million a month by February. Wendy Gillette, CBS News. Still hurting from the pandemic? Airlines. The airline industry is expected to lose almost $12 billion next year, but that would be a major improvement over this year. According to the International Air Transport Association, industry losses are projected to total nearly $52 billion this year. Last year, losses topped $137 billion amid global travel restrictions caused by the pandemic. CBS's Diane King-Hall reporting on a launch pad in Kazakhstan a little while ago. pumps coming up to flight speed and liftoff. A Russian film crew blasted off in a Soyuz rocket with an actress and director on board heading to the International Space Station to film the first movie in space. No, Sandra Bullock and George Clooney weren't really up there in gravity. Sorry. This is CBS News. If you're checking for fever, the leading sign of COVID-19, beware of dangerously inaccurate non-contact thermometers. Instead, learn about Exergen at exergen.com. With the help of Cheerios Oat Crunch Almond, I get everyone's morning started with a smile. It has a delicious and hearty combination of the Cheerios you love, whole grain oats, and sliced almonds for an extra crunchy crunch. Set the rhythm for a great day. Look for Cheerios Oat Crunch Almond in your local grocery store. Refresh your wardrobe for fall with Banana Republic Factory. Everything's 40 to 70% off, including season favorites like soft sweaters, easy jeans, warm outerwear, and more. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Would you like a cleaning product that can be used in the garage, the laundry, and the kitchen, and save space in your cabinet? Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. To learn more, visit us at simplegreen.com. You can tell me, who would you really rather share your bed with? Your partner or your pet? Pets don't complain, talk in their sleep, or steal your covers. So why would you choose people over pups? A new survey by the Slumber Yard finds a lot of people agree. In fact, one in four adults who own a dog say they'd rather share their bed with their furry friends over a partner. And the number one reason is snoring. 29% of people also say their partners move around too much or take up too much space. Many women say sleeping with a dog makes them feel safe. And when it comes down to age groups, it's Gen Xers who are more likely to snuggle with a pooch over a person. Monica Ricks, CBS News. And finally, fancy a few weeks picking British broccoli. The labor shortages on this side of the Atlantic are so severe, farmers are offering up to $42 an hour to pick vegetables. The British Growers Association says seasonal agricultural workers can now earn $1,400 a week. I'm Vicki Barker, CBS News. You love Zoom for video meetings? Now, choose Zoom to power your phone communications too. Zoom Phone works seamlessly within the Zoom app as your business phone system. Zoom Phone's secure HD audio and enterprise-grade reliability keep you connected to your teams and your customers. And it's easy to use on mobile, desktop or desk phone. Empower your workforce with Zoom Phone. Zoom. How the world connects. 
COVID is spiking again, and it's just not clear how to keep your family safe. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID, and the only way to reliably detect it is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Learn more at exergen.com. At Pizza Cottage, they always use the finest ingredients, treat their customers and employees like family, and always give back to the community. From pizzas to subs, wings to pasta, they have everything for your family to enjoy. You can also book their party rooms and their food trip. Pizza Cottage has a new location at 951 East State Street for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through door. So visit them today or visit their website, www.pizza-cottage.com. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not it's the not Kim, Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to Make It Happen. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Join Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Bolin all season long for the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Post Game Show. Immediately after the Athens County Game of the Week, join the guys for analysis, information, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the show. Have a question about a game in the area? Driving back from a football game? Call in at 740-592-1055 or toll free at one 592 1055 It's the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Post Game Show. Friday nights on 105.5 FM, Power 105. I'm John. You may know me as a commercial lender, but I'm also a craftsman and a dog dad. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find John or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars, That's Auto cars, Smarts. Cars, Friday cars, afternoons at 106 cars, on 970 cars, WATH cars, and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. Come cross the line at Latitude 39, located at Ohio University inside Baker University Center. Enjoy our pub-style atmosphere and try our appetizers, burgers, pasta, seafood, and steak, as well as a variety of other pub favorites. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at 1 Park Place, Athens, Ohio. Visit us and cross the line at Latitude 39. 
In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Evans. My, oh, my, that fog is kind of thick out there in some places. Be careful this morning. Don't forget to turn those lights off once you get to where you're going. Unless you come out and find yourself with a dead battery. Athens County Children's Services. That's our topic today. We have uh, several people from its organization. Help me learn some more about it. We've done this show before, but they do such good work. It's always worth repeating. It's also a personal, um, what would you say, a special thing to me as well. Good morning, folks. Welcome, and um, let's see. We have joining us today the director of Athens County Children's Services as well as the deputy director, Otis Cochran, who uh, many of you know in a different way, and that is... uh, entertaining us with his keyboard uh, expertise at different social events. And then Wendy Shields, the deputy director, and also joining us this morning is Robin Webb. Robin, I've forgotten, what is your your role? I am the public information officer and community event coordinator. Well, then you're the the person that keeps me informed, right? (laughs) That's good. Try to. (laughs) Yeah. She keeps us all informed. There you go. So, Otis, you know, in my family, first of all, I was adopted. Number two is uh, during my lifetime, I've had 21 different people uh, live with us um, who have um, either been college students or some hardship case or whatever. And uh, they were members of our family and remain so, um, although they're all adults now. Um, it's just, it is so, such a great feeling to help people, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I, you know, I appreciate hearing that, uh, Dave, I wasn't aware of that, uh, as far as your involvement, but, um, I just want to say thank you and, uh, actually thank you to anyone who has been, um, so open and loving enough to, uh, reach out and invest their time, their property, um, you know, to help people, to, uh, you know, embrace folks and actually allow them to come into your home. And that's not something to take lightly. So that's awesome. So thank you for doing that. We've had, um, we've had people from overseas. Uh, we've had people from um, um, an entirely different makeup community, and what I'm trying to say is inner city mm-hmm. of a major, uh, several major cities, but the inner city, and I mean, well, not to be weird or anything, but black, who, and then all their friends on campus will say, what's it like to live with a white family, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that, and, and it's, it's, you know, well, anyway. And one has stayed in Athens and works for the okay. city. Oh, cool. Yeah, really cool. 
And All so, right. Well, uh, so Dave, I'm sorry. They they come. They're still hanging out and come to visit. And oh yeah, you stay in touch. They show with them up all. at Christmas Eve when you're not expecting. It is so cool. All right. Well, let's see here. Athens County Children's Services. Let's define the basic things that you do. Um, the, how long has the organization existed? Well, well, if you go back to uh, 18, I believe it was 1887, um, as far as first having activity, um, you know, to try to help and even bring the community together mm -hmm. to uh, help and protect children. Now, as far as being adopted on a larger level, that was later on, I think even in the uh, 30s or 40s, as far as that, as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, we've been where we're at, um, relatively close to where we're at over on uh, East State uh, since that time, 1887. Well, that's a long time. Right. And uh, Mercy, you must have seen, uh, not you, because I was you have been around the whole time, <laughs> but uh, you've either heard about or even during your time experienced some very unusual situations, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, I love looking back at some of the old pictures um, because actually before the highway uh, 33, Route mm -hmm. 33 was put in, of course, you had the children's home. And um, That's right. I'm one that likes to look back and see the old pictures and see what structures look like and uh, the families. And, um, you know, we have several of those pictures, uh, a full registry uh, that we have in one of our buildings that just uh, really... Uh, gives you a picture into what things looked like back in the day. So, yeah, it's pretty neat. Well, let's, let's define the basic services that you offer. Now, um, I guess you do have residential treatment, right? We utilize residential treatment um, facilities, but we do not we do not house any children ourselves. Okay. So we're no longer. Uh, but you coordinate with families or places that can absolutely okay now um so th these are kids that are suddenly without a home and when i say kids you know you could say well that you're talking about 10 year old but i mean it could be um any age uh, underneath un underneath that of being an adult right Yes, that is that is right. Um, you know, we're serving uh, children. Uh, really, we look at up to the age of 18. If we know they're going to graduate by the age of 19, they can still stay in our care. Um, if there was a situation uh, where there was some uh, developmental uh, disabilities involved, it could by it could even be to 20, uh, 21. But things have been changing, so. Um, even with our uh, independent living program, there are some services that we can uh, offer now with Family First, even up to the age of 26. So that, that world is changing. But if you look at our mandate um, of protect, protecting children from neglect and abuse, um, really we focus within that uh, zero to 18 or possibly 19, like I just mentioned. Now, um 
rather than residential treatment, I suppose the preferred method would be foster care, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, I've known people, in fact, I guess we fell among them, just not through your agency, um, that are very pleased to do that. And, uh, in fact, I think I could name probably a half dozen people who have, through your system, fostered mm -hmm. children. Now, um, foster care, what, 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 uh, point out the perfect example for that. Well, and when you say the perfect example, you mean as far as uh, what we would be looking for in a family? Well, or well, let's go both ways. I okay. was thinking more of the child themselves, but the family too. Okay. Well, we're fortunate in Athens. I would say we have, and I'm not exact on this number, but roughly 41 to 44 foster homes because we keep getting more people willing to step up and open up their homes as yep. you have. Yep. Uh, and so we have a whole process on recruiting um, where we put advertisement out. You'll, you might see our billboards out there. But really what we're looking for is uh, a family that, one, you do have to have capacity in your home to, uh, you know, to even accept uh, another person into your home. Um, there's things that you have to go through. Actually, my wife and I, uh, years ago, went through the Foster to Adopt program and were licensed through Athens County. Uh, but there's several classes that you'll go through that will talk about the system and children and what all is involved so you're fully going into it with your eyes wide open and you're aware of what the uh, requirements are. Of course, there's the basic uh, things we would do as far as making sure that um, uh, one would qualify even to uh, accept the child. You know, when you're dealing with children who have been through trauma have been abused, they've seen things that we would never think of seeing. Um, you wanna make sure you're putting them with someone who's gonna be loving, someone who's gonna be nurturing, and not add to the trauma. And so uh, there's a whole course that folks go through, and Wendy can speak more eloquently to this than I, but uh, there's a whole process on making sure that uh, that foster parent and foster parents are uh, you know appropriate and then even after that they might have uh, requirements you know like some might say well I don't want to have um, let's say if someone was a fire starter or something like that they they can say well we don't think we can really handle this type of situation so there's a matching process well you know what about parents who don't have that opportunity you know I mean um, people don't have a whole lot of say about what their child is. They try. I, I, I'm not saying this very well. Uh, you can jump in and help me anytime you want. But the, so, you know what I mean? That that's when you're trying to put two good people together that can help one another. But oftentimes, not often, but from time to time, you have naturally born parents with naturally born children and it doesn't right. always work that is true and that's not necessarily our situation uh, when you talk about foster care anyway uh, you actually have the benefit of uh, being able to meet um, one meet the caseworker meet the child and and talk about what the goals are what are the needs 
so we have an assessment, a level of care of what that child, not every child needs the same type of care. It might be right. different. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's you have to have that piece where you're making sure you're having the, uh, the proper matching take place. Well, um, let's, let's, let's see here. There's a program called Family First, right? Sure. Now, um, you have several programs under the Athens County Children's Services that have titles like that. Let's, let's uh, first of all, deal with Family First. What is it? Well, um, Family First Prevention Services Act, and so a lot of times you might hear people just refer to it as Family First, but it is uh, a, an act that was signed um, February 9th, 2018. And really it's exciting because up to this point, uh, for the most part, up to this point, certain funding, federal funding was not available to families that needed help for preventing our engagement and so uh, like there's federal dollars uh, Wait a type minute. for preventing yes for when I say for preventing so prevention services so at times in times past if a family let's say a family just needed some resources so that they could better uh, protect their child or uh, help them uh, not be neglected um, you know sometimes a family member might uh, not have the resources, mental health issues, and they don't have the resources there to help support that child. In times past, that child is going to enter into care at some point, mm. some type of engagement. Uh, and if it's a lack of resources, it's not that the person can't parent, it's just they don't have the resources. And so what has happened in times past, there would be engagement and uh, now you're into a, a system when maybe you don't need to be. And so uh, basically Family First is trying to address that piece of if you do come into, uh, like let's say we get a referral and now um, Children's Services is involved, we have another way to try to help the family uh, in a prevention type of way, which would prevent them from coming into care. Okay. So coming into the custody of the agency and so if we can partner with families find out what the what resources they need that is great but in times past we would have had to do that on our own dime um, and now we have federal backing to do that so we got uh, title four e dollars uh, which uh, is going to help in that whole process now there is still a piece of that that says if that child does have to come into care uh, then there's a piece where you try to um, lessen the effect of being in uh, a congregate care. So being in a residential facility, because that's not really the best scenario. Um, as we've already talked, foster care is going to be the best because you want to have that child in a, uh, a family setting. But in those situations where you do have to have residential involvement, they have put uh, standards in place to minimize the length of time, make sure it's the appropriate the appropriate level of care and um, also make sure it's a, a really qualified uh, residential facility now okay so there's a lot there so foster care yeah is your first choice uh, foster well, and kinship, foster and kinship yeah now kinship um, could that mean placing it with relatives of the parents 
I'm going to let Wendy jump on that one. Sure. Wendy? Sure. Wendy Shields, folks. Sure. Uh, well, thank you um, for letting me talk uh, a little bit about kinship care. Now, kinship care is when um, there's an intervention of sorts, when, when we're involved with a child and the birth parents are, are not able for, for a number of reasons to, to provide that, that care. So we would look at kin. Are there extended family members of the child mm -hmm. and of the biological parent that with a, just a little bit of support could step up? We know that um, our children do best with their own people, if at all possible, their kin, their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, uh, and, and the like. And so we have mechanisms in place um, to search for those kinship situations. And, and this family first would give us additional resources to support those types of situations, those extended family situations, and, um, and to prevent, again, to prevent children from coming into the system where oftentimes um, the capacity is limited. So we're always searching for those kinship uh, situations um, in the beginning and, and throughout the life of, of the time the child's um, with us. So uh, finding some sort of next of kin, so to speak, uh, that would uh, step up and try to help, right? Absolutely. Now, there's a, a, a term here, emancipated youth. And what that says to me is someone that says, I don't want any relationship with my parents or their families. I want to be on my own. Now, is that too harsh a statement? Well, I think that for our youth that end up emancipating from care, they have realized that maybe maybe they do want a connection and involvement with kin or with their family, but it's just not possible for a number of reasons. And so they do emancipate. There is, there is a sense of independence and there is a sense of being on their own, but they're always seek, seeking and searching for connection. Every, everyone wants to have connection and support. Sometimes there's a realization, though, that it's not possible, so that we have to provide some of those connections and reports, um, or supports, excuse me, so that our young people are able to transition and emancipate into adulthood and, and seek educational or, or vocational training um, so that they can uh, be a productive, you know, transitioning adult. Now, I mean putting dollars and cents to it, but having a child, there's a cost associated with that. And it's not cheap, particularly if you want to have them achieve and advance and be exposed to many things, um, career-wise and so on. Um, but an em emancipated youth, it would seem to me, is a real disadvantage in that sense. Now, tell me where I'm wrong. And when you say a, a real disadvantage, well, a couple I'm things. I'm talking just, about dollars and cents. Okay. Now, just real quick, and also when we talk about uh, an emancipated youth, they're emancipating from the agency's care. 
Ah. Okay. Not but, necessarily their parents. Right. Okay, but now I will say that we do have some dollars, and like I mentioned with Family First, there's some things they've been opening up to try to make sure that even uh, children who have emancipated, they still have some funding available to them. Um, so you're right, the same level of funding is not there, uh, but once uh, someone does emancipate, like for example, we have uh, one uh, grant called Chafee, and this has been even prior to Family First. Um, I started with the agency in 2008. I know Chafee was around then, um, but basically 30% of the allocation for Chafee can go towards uh, emancipated youth. Um, they also have emancipated youth can get TANF dollars, so TANF independent living dollars, and those dollars can go towards, and we have done this, children, um, who have emancipated, maybe we're going to uh, Hawking College mm. and needed a you know, security deposit for their apartment. You could use it to help them purchase a vehicle, um, you know, buy uh, supplies or even furniture for an apartment, to anything you need to do to try to help set them up so that they can be productive as they emancipate. So there are dollars available, but it's not as much uh, as when they are uh, in foster care, uh, you know, because that, that foster care per diem that goes to the foster parents is not really going to be there. Um, but there are other resources. And now with Family First, there will be even more, you know. Well. Education help and assistance, you know, up to $5,000. So think back. Uh, Otis, you've been... Uh, involved with this for a long time and in Wendy and, and Robin as well but um, now you're the boss right um, think back what were things that you wish your agency could do but hasn't had either the the uh, responsibility for it or the funding to support it well, actually, some of the things I, in times past, that I would have liked uh, to see the agency uh, be able to tackle, they were not able to because the funding was not there. Um, and now, some of those areas, uh, I see them, they're, at this time, <laughs> they're already in play. There were things I wanted to do years ago. Um, yeah, even back to 2011, I always thought that there was issues with communicating between the different departments, where if we could coordinate our efforts and have a centralized way of communicating benefits to the community um, and between the departments to share information so that uh, you knew you were utilizing your dollars the best way to help families. Right. Um, so. But now, between that time, the state has done a lot, uh, even locally, um, the, the counties have done much to try to uh, bring on new technology that would link us all together, where we could share information uh, so that we would have a, a, a better coordinated effort to meet the needs. And so that's uh, an area. There's some things we've talked about with um, a school outreach program that we thought about um, how 
that has grown since, like I mentioned, in 2008. Um, we had uh, one individual out at the schools, and we had gotten so much positive feedback. So change started back there uh, as far as trying to uh, get more uh, caseworkers into the schools or school outreach uh, caseworkers. And so now we have, uh, well, up to February, we had five and we just added an additional person in Athens County at, at Morris and Gordon. Um, and so that's, that's great now to see now we have six. So there's growth there and there's potential for a future growth in helping um, in the school system. So we're definitely trying to focus on collaboration, partnership, uh, and just strengthening our services to the community. And so, um, but I say that not to say some uh, previous administration wasn't doing something, it's just that now funds are being opened up so sure. we can do these things. And I would add too that, you know, our mission statement is protecting children, strengthening families, securing futures. And this is my 25th year here locally um, in child welfare and family first, these prevention services. It's the first time that we've been able to focus on strengthening families just as much as we've been able to focus on protecting children. And so if we can focus all efforts on strengthening the family units here in Athens County, then hopefully that reduces the number of protective services. I want to make sure I heard something right. You're saying it's only been just recently that some of this could be done in as much as you wanted. Well, absolutely. Okay. You know, to, to piggyback on, on Otis's comments about school outreach, you know, initiatives started um, 2008, continued to build momentum over the years. We continued to see good data, but Family First Prevention Services Act is, is really the first time that, that child welfare federally and at the state level, and then as it as it you know comes down to our local counties, it's the first time that um, designated dollars are set aside for prevention services, not just intervention. Uh, you know, under protective services. Now, I, I I just read something here. Didn't mean to interrupt, but it says the Family First Prevention Services Act was adopted in 2018 and now has just been implemented nationwide October 1st. So like th four days ago. <laughs> um, wow. Um, was Ohio fortunate enough to have some form of it before or is this really something new? Well, something to keep in mind is even though October 1 they say implement it. I tried not to say fully implement it because what's happening is you had a phase in period. So you had a, a three year a phase in period. Right. But truly, everything that's going to come under Family First is not going to be fully implemented until 2026. Okay, so as we keep going, there's phases. They, they know where they want to end up, but they're phasing it in. So uh, even uh, going back. Uh, the last couple years, they've been bringing in pieces as we go. And but that child's going to be five years older in 2026. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but Their it's a drastic change. Their going to be a bit different. It, yeah, this change is huge. 
okay, in comparison. Uh, just to give you an example, um, we when we look at doing, uh, I won't get too far into the weeds, but when we look at doing certain levels of, uh, uh, not levels of care, but when we look at seeing who's eligible for Title IV E funding, we've been using 1996 ADC relatedness rules. Now that's 1996 and we still using those rules to judge, to go through those criteria pieces and say, who's eligible? We go through a, a list of questions. I guess I'm saying this to let you know that it's kind of like a barge. You're trying to turn a barge and this is a drastic change for child welfare. So, you know, implementing it over uh, several years, it, it makes sense. It also matters how much the flow of water or the current is, if yeah. you know what I mean, <laughs> using right. your uh, analogy. Sure. Well, family first, so you're excited about it, and it's coming about, and it's making a difference. What are some of the great programs you've had, though, for years, and and you know how do they how do they stack up today and is there something that you used to do but now it no longer makes sense so you've gone a different direction i don't know i'm just making up noise here well you know dave i, I will say this also before we move on uh, a big piece of family first that uh we have not touched on yet is really the three core pieces of it is that it will provide uh, help for children who have come into contact with the agency uh, uh, either through substance use disorder. There has a piece where the mental health piece, which, wow, I remember even back when uh, Andrea Reich was at the director at the agency, we actually created a line item that our own agency was gonna pay for locally uh, to help out uh, for uh, mental health issues because mm -hmm. we have lost state funding. So Family First brings in mental health. It brings in substance use disorder, uh, so services and supports for that, and also in-home parenting training. So those are three big pieces of it uh, that is uh, you'll be hearing more about as we go forward, uh, but that's a big change, so. Sure. So I'm sorry to interrupt you on, I know you were trying to get to some of the programs we've already had in play, so. Well, um, you remembered, let's proceed. What are some of the things you're most proud of in Athens County that have been successful for some either short or long period of time? Well, I, I think that we do a very specialized adoption program uh, at Athens County Children's Services. Uh, just last year alone, we finalized 19 adoptions. Uh, 19 adoptions during COVID. Some of them were finalized via Zoom. Some of them were finalized in the courtroom using a telephone, but uh, we were able to finalize 19 adoptions. That's permanency for those children of all ages. And we're pretty proud of that. And you know, our adoption program continues uh, to be, like I said, very specialized, but, but also very, you know, we, we're recruiting um, special families for, for kids, um, and, and not just here locally, but, you know, we, we'll finalize an adoption for folks outside of the state. Um, 
So I'm pretty proud of, of that. I'm proud of the foster homes that we recruit each and every month. I, I'm proud of the process that, that they go through and the commitment they make. Uh, I'm proud of our staff. I think we our programs are only as strong as the staff. Absolutely. And we have extremely specialized staff across the agency who have been there, who have the passion and commitment, uh, and just, you know, they bring it every single day. Mm -hmm. And so I think that of all the programs we could talk about, they're, they're nothing without the, the very committed staff. Uh, let, let me drill it down just a little bit on the adoption thing. Um, I have to assume that once in a rare case it doesn't work out. Um, that's upsetting to all parties, I would think. Absolutely. The, the, the adoptee and the family that intended to adopt. Um, when I was adopted as a toddler, um, my birth parents were in Jackson, Ohio, of all places. My parents were in Worthington. Uh, the preachers put it together, right? And, um, you know, I never, I never looked back. I have been curious in recent years and done a little research, uh, but, th 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 but a purely curiosity. But once in a while, it doesn't work out. How do you deal with it? Very delicately. Yeah. Um, yes, once in a while, if, if things are not working, we, we try post-adoption, what we call post-finalization. We try to plug in those services that can, um, you know, plug in services. By that, I mean making referrals. Uh, to our community partners who can wrap around this family, try to keep them together at all cost, try to listen to, to what they need, uh, listening to the parents, listening to the child, uh, wrapping services around so that we can avoid this at all cost. Mm -hmm. um, and then, unfortunately, if, if the child does need to come back into care, then we're going to continue to provide those wraparound services to that child until we seek permanency or, or until the child is able to to tell us w what their desire and what their needs are uh, moving forward okay well besides adoption what are some other things that over the years Athens Children's Services Athens County Children's Services uh, has tried to help uh, improve well, Otis talked, hi, this is Robin. Um, mm -hmm. Otis talked a little bit about our school outreach program, um, and I'd just like to touch a little bit more on that. So that is really our, our crown jewel of our prevention services. That's where we can interact with families um, before they ever get a, become a referral to our agency, before we ever get involved in any sort of mandated um, services. Our school outreach workers are there in the schools working with the families who are at risk of becoming involved or be being engaged with us and so um, the more we can do to expand those prevention services that's 
that's what's going to work well for for families and children in Athens County and like Otis said in 2008 we had one at school outreach worker and now we have six so we are and we are in every single school district in Athens County and we are super proud of that program and the work that Absolutely. it does yeah yeah the um is there a program you wish existed that doesn't yet? Um, I know that's a toughie, but... Um. That's a good question. Um, I will say that, and it's probably coming, but one of the things, some of the uh, conversations I've been in regarding Family First is it's a, a bold move. It's, it's a great move. They're putting money behind it. But uh, still, folks say, you know, it's it still is a, uh, a tertiary type of response or a, um, uh, a response where you only really get involved once someone has reached out to Children's Services. Mm -hmm. And so some are saying it'd be nice if there was a program where we were very much proactive. Now, it would cost, but uh, proactive in the fact that you put measures in place in the communities to prevent it from ever getting to the phone where someone calls in a referral. Um, is it realistic? It, I think it is probably doable, but figuring out how to get it done and having the funds to do it. Doesn't that mean observation of everybody? It means observation. It means a lot more education in the school systems. Uh, being supportive of the families um, you know there's a lot of people who right now um, regardless of the age we're in stressful times and we deal with stress in different ways but if we have not learned how to manage ourselves we lash out and then we realize later that something's happened and so if there were uh, and I know they are there are uh, services out there to help folks on this but a lot of times it's not being funded uh, in a way that everyone has access to it. So I'm saying that if there were ways to help folks cope with, um, you know, their anger, their issues, um, sometimes we know that people who have been oppressed or have been even neglected or traumatized sometimes turn around and traumatize uh, others just because there has not been that development. And so there's talk of what can you do, what measures can you put in place, and that means with your police, that means with your uh, different school systems, um, that could be with your faith-based uh, community. Um, all of those pieces, the whole community working together to prevent that call from ever having to come in, or actually not just the call, but prevent the action that would cause someone to have to call in and make a referral. Um, so that's that's an area I know uh, folks are talking about. When when you hear about something that just seems like it could be so much better, and I'm talking about a family's relationship or you know child parent child whatever. What I guess what I'm asking is, what can't you do? I mean, I know you want to help, but are you allowed to just step out and try to help? Well, um, I'll jump in on this. I, I'm not sure if this really is answering your question or not, but something um, 
I think sometimes the general public have a uh, misunderstanding is that our workers are sent to homes to investigate allegations of suspected child abuse and neglect. They don't have the authority, the jurisdiction to knock on a door and say, we have a report that your child isn't safe in this home. They need to come with us now. <laughs> that's, that's not what our caseworkers are able to do. And so, right. um, you know, and sometimes maybe that, that would be best, but, you know, as private citizens, we actually don't want no. our caseworkers to be able to do that. <laughs> so I get it. But, um, but if something just doesn't seem right, you are allowed to step up and at least try to learn about it, right? And we do. Yeah. We do. And uh, something you may not know is uh, our agency, we contract with the uh, sheriff's office, and we have a, a deputy uh, sheriff who is actually on campus, on our campus, not OU campus, but our campus at the agency, and um, they work with us. And so when we get a referral, um, there's times that they may go out with us, with the caseworker, but um, we currently will take a call and, and go and check on things, um, but we still have uh, mandates and revised code, administrative code that tells us what we can and can't do. And all of our staff are trained on what those uh, requirements are. And so we know our limitations. Um, folks, there are, um, I'm not sure dozens is the right word, but there are many different programs that are um, much, much more soft and kind and, and um, are running, being run by the Athens County Children's Services um, to help sure. families. Uh, to help people, to help communities. And um, so, you know, we've talked about some of the more serious stuff. Um, and all of this stuff is important. So um, if, they, if they'd like to take a look, Athens County Children's Services, Google it, and their annual report uh, is something I would suggest you look through. Absolutely. And it talks about, um, it does all the normal things like budgetary, uh, annual report. It tells you who is on their board of directors and so on and so forth, who the staff members are. But more importantly, these many fine, softer, kinder projects that they try to participate in, besides just the heavy-duty stuff. Absolutely. Dave, if I could jump in real quick, I don't know how much more time we have, but just to share some About of those eight minutes to share some of those things and to give a shout out to the community. Um, I go to meetings, you know, with other state partners, and I'm always proud to tell them what's happening in Athens County because we have such a supportive county. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, these other counties, they look to Athens and they make comments uh, how noteworthy it is that we have the support and the collaboration of not just our different departments that are working in partnership, but also our community coming out and supporting what we do. So I would want to share just a couple things that you'll know is unique to Athens. Um, in times past, if you had a, uh, a kinship placement, um, there was no stipend 
really. In some counties, they don't have a stipend, and a stipend, you know, where you have a, a certain amount you pay a month to have a kinship family uh, step up and take care of a child and just love them. Uh, we've been paying $300 a month uh, since 2011. We used to pay $100 a month, but we increased that. Our board said, let's make sure those families are taken care of and have something to uh, make sure that the children are, that their needs are met. So that's pretty awesome. That's something unique that we do in Athens County. Um, also, uh, you've, I know you've heard about it, and Robin has uh, done a lot of work with the school outreach as far as our PB&J, making sure children have food. Um, you know, even when schools at times were out, uh, you've got the school outreach uh, team and uh, Robin helping coordinate those type of activities to make sure children have food to take home. Um, I will tell you this, I've, I've been in banks, I've been in uh, department stores, uh, local uh, mom and pop shops, that have been contributing to this program to make sure our community children are fed. And so that's awesome, that's appreciated. Um, also the Athens County, or I'm sorry, the Athens Country Club has been preparing meals, I don't know, how many months has it been so far? Four, like four or five months now. Four, yeah, four or five months, the Athens Country Club uh, prepares anywhere from 30 to 40 meals that are distributed through our school outreach program, but um, they actually provide those meals for us. Excellent meals, uh, pre-made, and uh, families just have to take them home and warm them up, I believe. Yeah, pre-cooked. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So uh, we really appreciate uh, the way the community steps up. Uh, at times when we have our uh, sanitary, the different uh, families we're serving, children we're serving, I think we took care of 800 children in 2020, uh, uh, making sure that they had a real Christmas. And yes, I know Christmas is more than gifts, but, um, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. We've been able to help. Um, and it's the community coming together to do those type of things. And so I truly am proud to be in Athens um, because I do know other other counties don't have it the type of support they have supports but Athens you really shine and so that's what I'm trying to say to you I like it and uh, I hear those kind of comments from all sorts of organizations let's um, wrap this thing up with COVID um, how has it uh, affected you and it may not have affected you particularly at all but uh, mercy it has affected so many um, well, COVID well I think I, I think I'll go back to staff and um, our staff have not missed a beat during COVID uh, we learned very quickly uh, how to mobilize our staff in in the field and utilize our technology and um, so our num our data uh, is not too different uh, during COVID. It's been challenging to keep everyone safe. It's been challenging to navigate, uh, you know, the public health emergency as it was. Uh, but we, you know, our data, our program data is still very strong. Um, when we couldn't do in-person visits between children in care and their families, we turned to virtual and utilized our partnerships with with juvenile court, with our 
uh, behavioral health providers, just to be able to mobilize and, and do things differently. You know, we have a saying that, um, we, you know, we, we have to be married to the mandate, but engaged to the method. And so um, looking at, at we, we have a terrific staff that has hung in there and, um, you know, put their mask on and every day went into the field and, and helped secure futures for children. Once again, folks, um, Athens County Children's Services. Google it on any, uh, uh, whatever you call it, Google it. And um, search engine. That's it. Search engine. And uh, their their data will come up. Their annual report and much more information. It is a terrific organization. It's been here a long time, and um, we're going to need it for years to come too. What have we failed to bring out that we should have? We've got uh, about one. sixty seconds left. There's a quick shout out I would like to give to the Athens, uh, Athens uh, um, County, City and County Health Department. They were great during the pandemic. Uh, they opened it up to where we could get uh, vaccinated earlier. 64% uh, roughly of our staff have been vaccinated, which was helpful. So I just want to say thank you to uh, uh, Jack Pepper and uh, Dr. Gas Gaskell. Dick Gaskell, you bet. Yeah. Well, uh, keep up the good work. Um, do you do you have a need for people to let themselves be known that they would like to help foster or um, assist? We are absolutely always looking for um, new, loving, safe homes for, for uh, children. So, yes, we're always recruiting a licensed foster parents. And so uh, anyone who is interested or think they might be interested, we have um, a very skilled foster parent recruiter and trainer, Ta Tanya Cure, who will be happy to walk you through all the steps. So you just call our agency at 740-592-3061 and ask to speak to Tanya Cure if you're interested in learning more about becoming a foster parent. I know that name. 592-3061, folks. And uh, thanks to each of you. Otis, Wendy, Robin, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. This was great. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Vicki Barker in London. The Facebook whistleblower telling all on Capitol Hill this hour. Former Facebook product manager Frances Haugen will testify to a Senate Commerce Subcommittee after revealing her identity to 60 Minutes. She released thousands of pages of internal documents, which she says shows Facebook putting profits ahead of policing polarizing, hateful, and divisive content on its social media sites. No one at Facebook is malevolent, but the incentives are misaligned, right? Like Facebook makes more money 
when you consume more content. Senate investigators say children are especially at risk from harmful social media content. Steve Dorsey, CBS News, Washington. Ever tried to buy a car with a bad credit rating? Just imagine if you're a country. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warning what will happen if the Senate fails to raise the U.S. debt ceiling fast, telling CNBC. By the 18th of October, we will uh, be out of extraordinary measures, have limited cash, and likely to exhaust it very quickly. A prescription, Yellen says, for a recession. Coronavirus, Johnson & Johnson has just submitted an application with the FDA to offer booster shots for its COVID.